Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 288. The Four Blades. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he continues to learn with you each and every day, Pat Flynn. Yo, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me today in this session of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. We have a fun one today. We have a couple on board with us who is behind the brand, The Four Blades, over at thefourblades.com. That's the number or numerical for thefourblades.com. What is that? Well, I'll let them tell you what it's all about, but it's about a topic that I never even knew existed because when I met these two people, Rebecca and Joe Winston over in Australia, which was actually at an event hosted by Darren Rouse, one of my favorite people over at ProBlogger, I met this couple. They told me, Um, First of all, they just thanked me like crazy because apparently I had a lot to do with uh, their success and they'll tell you all about that. But, you know, I always like to say that, you know, I'm just the guide and it is those who succeed thanks to my guidance who are the ones who deserve all the credit because they're the ones who are taking action. You know, I could guide people all day, but if they're not going to do the work, then you're not going to get any results. And Rebecca and Joe have definitely put in the work to create an amazing brand, again, in a topic, in in a realm that I never even knew existed. And to tease it a little bit, it involves a kitchen appliance, hence the the blades thing. And maybe some of you who are in Italy or in Europe or in Australia might know a little bit about where I'm going with this. But if you're in the US, you probably have no idea because you've never heard of this kitchen appliance before. And uh, so we're just gonna get right into the interview because it's so fantastic what they've been able to do as a result of putting their personalities into their brand, as a result of actually just providing a ton of value and building a digital magazine as their primary tool for generating an income that has allowed them to, as a couple, uh, be there with with their, their, their little one at home. And it's just, you know, this is why I do what I do. You know, I, I want people to succeed, but when I see that they are living the lifestyle that they want because of the action that they've taken, you know, if I've, if I ha- if I've had a little bit even to do with that, it just makes me so proud and happy and motivated to do this even more. And so hopefully 
you all will be motivated after listening to this episode. It's a lot of fun. Rebecca and Joe are so cool and I cannot wait to see them again. But here we are just a few weeks after I met them for the first time in Australia. And uh, let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey guys, what's up? I'm so happy to introduce Rebecca and Joe from thefourblades.com to you. Uh, Beck and Joe, just thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Oh, oh thank you for having us. It's thrilled to be here. Thanks for having us, we Pat. Have, we have been listeners since like back in 2010. So it was a, um, it was just so great to meet you in Brisbane recently. And um, it was kind of nice because a lot of our decisions that we've made along the way with our business have been based on advice you've given us via the podcast. So it's kind of exciting to kind of come full circle and be invited on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> totally. I had to invite you when I learned about your story and what you had going on and where things were going. So I'd love to start in the beginning, actually, Beck, if we could start with you, like, tell me about what the Four Blades is all about. We'll start with what that is, and then we'll go kind of back even further in time. Sure, no problems. Um, okay, so the Four Blades is, well, it's referring to this kitchen appliance called the Thermomix. Okay, so <clears throat> it's really big in Australia, and it's just growing in the US right now. Um, but basically, it's this kitchen appliance that pretty much does everything. Okay. So you can cook a whole meal in it, but you could also make a smoothie. So thinking kind of like around like the Vitamix or something Mm -hmm. where you can really blitz up a smoothie at really high power, but you can also in this cook as well. So for example, like you put the onions in and you chop it up and then you add in like your meat and your tomato, like canned tomatoes and a whole lot of veggies. And then you set it to cook for an hour and then you've got like a casserole at the end of it. So it just does like it does the chopping and everything for you? Yeah. Yeah. It does the chopping. Um, it does the sauteing and then, you know, like, so you do steps along the way. You okay. can, you can mill flowers and all sorts of stuff. It's like the power tool for the kitchen. Absolutely. Yeah. It is like the power tool for the kitchen. Um, so, and I, like I'm dairy free and gluten free. In fact, like we're grain free as a household and I don't have sugar. So I've got a few dietary intolerances and mm-hmm. it means that we do everything from scratch. So like we make our own grain free bread and, um, we'll, yeah, we just literally, we make everything from scratch. So it's a like, obviously it's a really healthy way to eat as well. And in Australia, while there are lots of people who use it to make amazing cake batters and pastries and things like that, um, there's also a huge contingent of people who do have dietary intolerances who love knowing that, that you can mill your own almonds into almond meal or almond flour, I think you call it in mm-hmm. the US. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And that's, so that's that's kind of that's what we're referring to by the four blades, um, but then it's a pretty expensive purchase. So in Australia, it's around about the two thousand dollar mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we try and do is make it like improve the investment by making our digital magazine and our blog. Um, and we have previously had a, our podcast, which ran for one hundred and fifty episodes. Um, we want to be like this great companion to the Thermomix to help people make the most. Of of their investment. So that's kind of where the f- Four Blades comes from. Cool. Um, yeah. And then, Joe, where did, when did the Four Blades start and how soon before that were you actually introduced to the Thermomix? So the Four Blades as a podcast started four years ago, Beck. Uh, yeah, um, May, April, May 2013. 2013, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we probably bought the Thermomix the November before that, so 2012. So <clears throat> we'd only had it for six months uh, before we started the blog and the, and the podcast. Okay. And what made you decide to say, you know what, I think there's something here that we could do to help other people related to this. I think it's kind of interesting that people might be listening to this and are thinking, you created a business out of a 
single kitchen appliance <laughs> and a podcast about a kitchen appliance? Like, wh- where did this this idea? Where, like, tell me the origin of it. Well, it's um, it's one of those things that you every when you're listening to all these podcasts and all that sort of stuff, you're always people are always talking about niches or niches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the riches are in the niches, and yet, and then that seems to be the stumbling block over all sorts of uh, internet business startups is like, oh, I don't know what my niche is. And mm-hmm. that had been us for year, for years. And then Bex sort of had looked at me at one point and gone, what, what about the Thermomix? Like, it's, <laughs> clearly people spend a lot of money on it. And there's a lot of people that are interested. It was like there's a lot of hype around it on the internet when we started. And it just seemed... It just seemed perfect. Kind of came and hit us in the head. Totally. And and we're quite, you know, we're into food and we're into health. Um, and in terms of answering the question that you asked, Joe, about how we first came to know about it, it's actually called the Bimbi in Italy and it's a really big phenomenon in Italy. And we were visiting um, some family in Rome and uh, we hear this, do-do-do-do, which is the sound it makes when it's finished. And we're like, what is that? <laughs> and my uh, cousin had said to me, oh, that's the fourth member of our family. That's the Bimbi. And so we saw it for the first time in Italy. Um, and and then when we came home, we followed it up. Wow. So that's incredible to have it described as the fourth member of a family. That means something, <laughs> right? And Oh, when, when pe- so here there's kind of two groups of people. They get their Thermomix and they love it and will do everything with it. And then um, there's a group of people that get the Thermomix and they're quite overwhelmed by it or they go, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a new way of cooking. And so we really try and cater to both of those people and, and really one of our key um, points is to grow kitchen confidence because we really think that, you know, when you're cooking at home, automatically it's going to be healthier because you know what's going in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that frame kind of going into what the Four Blades is all about. Okay, so let's get into the beginning you have this idea, guys. Let's let's do something with this Thermomix thing. And and what was it to start a blog first? Like, tell me about the first steps and kind of the 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 first motions that you took, uh, Joe. If you could speak to that. Oh sure. So um, basically, we. We had we had this thing, and Beckett actually it might be actually good for Beckett because Beckett was listening to podcasts, sure. and um, this like idea of a magazine came came through. So, um, so Beck, do you want to? Well, yeah. So, kind of, I was listening to this podcast, and there was a guy talking about the fact that at the time on the iPad, um, the newsstand app it couldn't be deleted. So it was one of those things, you know, how when you get your Apple device, there are certain things that can't be deleted, and the newsstand app was one of those. So he was talking about digital publishing and he was selling software um, for a mag, like basically to develop your own magazine. Mm-hmm. And I just, I listened to it and then I listened to it again. And I think I listened to it a third time and I was like, I reckon you could do um, a magazine for Thermomix users. That's, that was kind of what I thought when I was listening to it. And I was like, that could be, that could be great. But we didn't want to, um, we didn't want to just kind of, open up a paid product, Pat, like we, we were students of yours, right? Um, so, we uh, wanted to really try and create and serve a community. Mm-hmm. And so, that's kind of where Joe came in because he was really wanting to start a podcast. Yeah, I was just a big fan of podcasts, yours in particular, but just a fan of podcasts. I wanted to be on, on a podcast or start my own podcast and I didn't know what to start it about. Beck had bought this software to buy uh, to produce uh, a digital magazine and we thought the Thermix would be the go, but we didn't have an audience. So, I thought, why don't we start a podcast about the Thermix? So, literally a 
audio cooking show, <laughs> which everybody says is a bad idea, but, but it ended up being great. But um, so, and to where I started was with you. So, I went straight to your website, followed the system. That, so, you had a free podcasting system um, of YouTube videos and I literally watched the first one. I think there were six. Yep. I watched them one by one and like it was within a, like and I using that over a day, we had because uh, in that as well as how to build a blog in two minutes as well, one of the one of the videos in there. So mm-hmm. I followed that step by step. We've got the microphones. We're talking into the microphones that you recommended on that. Um, so I just followed it step by step and in 24 hours we had a blog and a business and then within a week of that we had our first podcast out as well. And tell me about that first episode. Like did you even know what to say and like how much planning was put into that first step into the finally pub- publishing something online? Uh, Rebecca, maybe you could talk talk about that. Um, Well, look, so we look back. I I don't know, Pat, if you do the same thing, but like the first episode is quite cringeworthy. Yes, yes. Um, (laughs) And and our podcast really evolved a lot over those four years. And in fact, um, episode 150 of the podcast, and we've taken, you know, an extended hiatus now. And this, so episode 150 only came out a couple of months ago. Um, and in it, we actually like threw back to some of those early awkward oh, nice. moments and had like a huge laugh about it um, with just, you know, just the fact we were a bit stilted and what have you. Um, so we started off just like started talking basically just about random stuff and then we developed themes around it and then we developed more systems and, you know, so it, it grew as we did. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, I think that's always going to be the case. I look back at some of my earlier episodes too. And uh, it's just, like you said, very, very cringeworthy, um, but also great to see and kind of realize where you came from. And so 150 episodes later, you put a stop to the show, at least for now. Uh, I'm sure it's still getting listens now to help drive even more traffic to the website. Um, how did, what role did the podcast play, Joe, in your overall business and kind of talk about the business model as well? Yeah, like it was crucial. Like it, so, number one, it gave us confidence to that we knew what we were talking about. So, um, and we had to develop a habit as well. So, talking about um, Thermomix recipes every week became a habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really important. It also allowed us to grow an audience. So <clears throat> we went from nothing to five thousand people on our uh, Facebook page, which isn't huge, but it's five thousand people more than nobody. Um, <clears throat> then the other thing we could do as well was uh, it allowed us to interview people. So we could get in touch with some of the bigger names in Thermomix blogs uh, and interview them in the podcast, which is another thing that you talk about all the time. Like, who doesn't want to be interviewed? It's such a great opportunity to connect with people. And that actually led us to our business partner who had a huge community. She had something like 60,000 people on her Facebook page. Now she's got over 100,000. So her name's Peter. She's got a blog called The Road to Loving My Thermomix. And um, before, we didn't even meet in person, but we had, we started this business. Uh, the three of us together, which was really, really exciting and, and just so cool that we could um, we could build this business uh, from home with this person that's in another state of the country. It was um, so it was yeah, it was critical to get everything to get us started and to where we are now. That's really cool. And you said five thousand people was that? You have more than that now, right? Oh yeah, this oh, was yeah, like yeah. when we when we started the magazine. How soon until you had gotten to that point? After starting the podcast, because that's that's a that's a significant amount of people. I mean, 
what was the time frame like to get to that point? Um, let me think. So probably about a year and a half. Okay. So a little bit of time. And in the beginning, were there any moments where you're like, what are we doing, Joe? Like, is there, is this really going to work for us? Or Beck, did you always know that if you just kept going with it, that this is something that would eventually turn out to be something awesome? To be really honest with you, it was only literally a couple of months ago that we ever even considered that we would ever not have a podcast. So like we never, we never really did. We were just kind of like, okay, we're just going to keep going. Like there were times like where we, um, you know, like our regularity definitely improved later on in the piece for us. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, our goal was weekly. Sometimes it was fortnightly when we had our baby. uh, It was, I think we took like seven weeks off. Uh, That wasn't our plan to take that long off, but we just realized that being new parents was really hard. Mm. Um, (laughs) So, you know, so it was a a little bit of a journey. Yeah, and Pat... um Something good to know about Beck is she's quite driven. So um, we started the podcast and then before launching the magazine, which is the paid product, we launched that when Beck was eight months pregnant. So, so, you guys and, are crazy. And, <laughs> but, but it was also like driven by um, we'd been listening to Smart Passive Income and heard about your lifestyle around family and that was really important to us as well. So um, Beck was just um, – working really hard eight months pregnant to launch this and did the um the jeff walker uh launch product launch formula Mm -hmm. pregnant (laughs) with the videos (laughs) pregnant it was um it was just really it was really great and worked worked amazingly that's cool joe did the podcast come out first and then the magazine is that correct Oh yeah, big time. So um, the podcast was great. So that was that was the whole um, like the the key driver of the podcast was to build a platform to sell to. Okay, and then the magazine. Tell me about that launch. What is the what what is it that you're selling exactly? How much does it cost? And sure, okay. what what did you do to promote it? Uh, okay, so basically, we have a digital monthly magazine, which is available for Apple and Android mobile devices. It's called the Four Blades Magazine. Mm-hmm. And we it's a monthly magazine, so it's a monthly public publication. The first issue came out um, in November 2014. We also have some um, like bonus issues for subscribers. To subscribe currently is $5.99 a month. Uh, and individual issues are six ninety nine, and so you know if you subscribe now, you obviously get the current issue and issues while your subscription is current, and you can buy back issues. So we um, again, kind of like what we're talking about with the podcast, you know, where you look back and it's a bit cringeworthy. Mm. We um, did a similar thing with the magazines. After about eighteen months, we looked back and went, "Oh wow, we've really come a long way." But the cool thing about digital publishing is we actually were able to do a complete revamp of our early issues um, so that they they we brought them up to the standard currently and it was free for everyone to upgrade their copies um, you know because we just want to I don't know we just want like the best for our community yeah and that's you know so digital publishing is um, what we have done <laughs> basically like that's that is our paid product and it is our way like we give 40 to, you know probably 40 to 60 um, tried and tested recipes so Obviously, the Thermomix is super popular, especially in Australia and Europe, and there's a really wide range of recipes out there. So, our key thing is in terms of helping people make the most of their Thermomix is that we have, um, 
you know, no one has time for a thermo fail. Okay, so um, we we have like a, a recipe testing community internationally of about seventy people who test all of our recipes to make sure that they're good to go before publication. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's a cool way to get your kind of community involved and getting people to step up and become sort of the more super users of your fan base. And I, I want to get into the fans and the community in, in just a moment, but let's go back to the numbers really quick. So you said $5.99 a month. And so mm-hmm. if they stay on for a whole year, that's, you know, around 70, $72, which is, you know, a subscription. So it's essentially kind of like a membership model at mm-hmm. a lower price point. The benefit is that for less than $100, you can get the most out of this really expensive product. And so it kind of makes sense to kind of upgrade to get what it is that you're offering. Um, there almost seems like an obvious affiliate relationship that could be made here with the company. Uh, if uh, d- Is that something that you guys had ever thought about or, or doing to sell this product, the Thermomix, or is that um, is that a no-go? Uh, no, yeah, that's a bit of a no-go just in terms of the company that sells them. They're not really interested. Um, you know, they've 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 got their own um, like distributors like or sales model. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. Oh, so, so and that's probably the other key thing is that um, the way that you buy a Thermomix is actually through a consultant. So I guess the most widely recognised um, model of that internationally would probably be Tupperware. So you can't just go to the shops and buy a Thermomix. You actually have to um, do that. <laughs> through a Thermomix consultant. Oh, interesting. It's so cool that you guys have sort of built a business model off of a, a, a business model like that, but it, it's you're offering value, you're offering information, and you're building a community at the same time. Um, so, okay, that, that answers that question. And let's talk about community really quick, Joe. Like, what do you guys do beyond just, you know, offering the magazine and the podcast to foster uh, that community and get your audience involved? So, yeah, obviously, we're, we had the podcast for 150 episodes and we're active on Facebook. That's sort of where we're moving towards a little bit more from the podcast is into more Facebook live stuff. And then we're looking to maybe turn that back into a podcast as well as a, um, to use the content in two, two different ways. We mm-hmm. haven't decided on that 100%. We also do a, a yearly challenge. So, um, at ProBlogger where we met, uh, Jada's uh, Selma talks about her 30-day green smoothie challenge. Yes. Um, so we took that idea from Jada and made our own. So it was called 30 Mix, which is about um, making meals in under 30 minutes with the Thermomix using all the different functions of the of the machine. So we did one one year, which was over a school holiday period, which was and it worked. It went so well. So we went from um, <clears throat> again. It was really to build our list and to build the community around it. So, um, so it was a free challenge. Free challenge, yeah, free challenge for for anybody that wanted to to get involved. Uh-huh. Uh, they just went to a, a landing page, signed up, and we got ten thousand people sign up to both challenges. So we've we've run it the last two years, and we're about to do wow. a third one this year. And we got ten thousand people both years, and eighty percent of them were brand new people both times. So it was just such a huge huge boost to our community that way and people got so involved in it like it was so great to see their creations and they'd they'd make videos and they'd um, hashtag it with 30 mix so we could see everything that was happening and it was it was a really great way to just get people really involved hands-on in what we're what we're doing and we were also able to sell on the back of that as well so um not really you know a big hard hard sales pitch but just sort of say hey this is from the magazine, if this is the kind of thing that you like, this is where you'll find it sort of thing. So it was um, it was really good. 
so Jada had spoken about, you know, that um, when she was talking about her challenges, she kind of went through a different ways that some people might monetize their challenge, you know, by selling something at the end or what have you. But because the recipes we'd chosen were from the magazine, what we actually said was that this today, um, you know, today's challenge is brought to you by the dinners issue or today's challenge is brought to you by the sweets issue or cool. today's you know is brought to you by the freezer issue and on that day that particular issue for 24 hours um was reduced in price nice so a lot of people use that opportunity to fill their libraries of issues that they might not have um and you know like so we we I think I worked out just from so not from new subscribers because obviously new subscribers in that period, um, and but just and we also would sell normal issues, but just for the back issues that were on sale that day, I think you know within a seven day period, you know I think probably we made like two thousand dollars, which covered the costs of all of the video production because we did videos like we made it really fun. We dressed up like eighties Olympians and tried to make it because we just some people get quite stressed in the kitchen and they kind of go, oh, you know, I'm not a good cook or. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just want to break that down and have some fun. So we, you know, dressed up and Joe had like this massive wig on and, and you know, we're just, we're being really silly and kind of going like, it's okay to have fun in the kitchen, basically. That's cool. I love that. The challenges are great. They are always fantastic for getting your audience and your community to actually take action within a short time period to give them those small wins. And I can imagine like somebody being really interested in a particular kind of, uh, of meal, such as desserts, for example. And then there's this whole challenge and there's a day specifically about desserts. I'm like, I'm going to get excited. That's the point at which I would then want to jump on board and, you know, see how much else you might have to offer. So I love that idea of sort of hitting in all those different angles. And then it's just a really cool system that you guys have created. If if you wouldn't mind sharing in however much transparency you want, uh, like how well is the business doing at this point? Like what, what are, what are numbers or subscriptions like however comfortable you, you are at sharing? Um, well, we've got around about the 5,000 subscriber mark. So, um, and obviously we've got my business partner, Peter. So she's in, um, Canberra and, you know, in terms of, um, before that uh, you asked about the launch, which we probably, um, didn't answer you know, in entirety that um, part of the launch as well, as Joe said, Peter had a huge community. Mm-hmm. So we were launching to both of our individual communities like a new product. So, um, you know, there's her and I and then, um, you know, so we've got a, about 5,000 subscribers. Um, and so uh, like in terms of revenue, our revenue grew by about 41% in the last financial year. And nice. um, and it's kind of in the multiple six-figure range so you know um and obviously that kind of goes down into expenses and and peter and and joe and i of so course. yeah yeah but so. it's absolutely like allowed beck so beck works uh we've always sort of worked for ourselves and um beck's also a, an osteopath which is what's what are they in the states well kind of like a physical therapist yeah. so like you uh, know okay. so ha- hands-on um yeah yeah so but it allowed us to stay home um with our baby, which is just yeah. incredible. It's an amazing experience. And and the, Peter would say the same. Peter's got three young boys and, you know, we, we kind of, whenever there's a school uh, like swimming carnival or, you know, athletics day, um, she'll kind of send me a message and go, it's so cool that I can be here, you know. Um, so we love that we're able to be at home. And Joe's absolutely right. Like, 
my goal was like to be at home with my baby for like six months and and my overarching goal was that you know joe could joe could be like a pat flynn dad and be at home and um we totally were able to do both of those actual words am i that was my actual serious that's funny (laughs) (laughs) but that's so cool i mean congratulations to you both and it's kind of crazy when you look back at your story and how it all started and um, just the Thermomix, like who who knew? I mean, most people listening to this probably have never even heard of that before and are probably going to finish this episode and have a stroll around the kitchen looking for different appliances. They can maybe create a podcast episode about or something. But um, just I, I'm super thankful for, for your honesty and sharing the, the process along the way. Were there any moments where, you know, you faced challenges in building this business? Uh, oh, definitely. Uh, definitely. I mean, like the magazine has been such like Peter and I will continually be like, oh, like, you know, um, so now we have a photography team. Okay. But there was a time where between us and like Peter really took a lion's share of cooking and taking photos, but you know, she might do like have done like 30 recipes in the month and I might've done 15. You know, and that and like so it it has been chaos and we're in like a really big transition phase at the moment where, you know, we've we've had the magazine for nearly three years. By the time this podcast comes out to your audience, Pat, where we will be coming up, you know, to our third birthday and obviously technology changes in that time. And so our big challenge at the moment is making sure that our technology fits continues to fit the needs of our readers and to listening to our community so that we are able to still serve them in a really effective way. And that um, is sometimes just a huge um, a leap of faith slash having to majorly upskill to be able to understand what we need to do. So even though, yeah, you can outsource things, I think you still need to have a really – uh, you know, understanding of what you're doing and decisions you're making in your business. So it um it's it's a really big transition time for us at the moment while we try and make sure that the technology uh, improves. Right. I mean that that all makes sense. I mean it's also comforting to know, however, that you have this community who knows who you are. You have their email addresses or or many of them. Um. So wherever things end up being, you know, wherever the shop goes up later on. Uh, you, you're able to to survive and you're able to thrive with that community that you've built. So I think that's that's, that's just super cool. Um, so in order for people to kind of stay up to date on what's next or what's coming, you know, we talked before we recorded about a particular link because some people may have already visited the fourblades.com, um, but that may end up looking a little bit different down the road. So if you'd like to listen to this and stay up to date with everything that uh, Beck and Joe are up to, uh, the best place to go would be where? Well, we'll definitely, we will still be at the fourblades.com. Okay. But in terms of for your audience, because what we would love to do is, you know, there might be some people listening that go, oh, I wonder what that looks like in the back end. Like, so for example, you know, we've created, um, as Joe talked about, the 30 mix um, mm. challenge. We actually, the way that we use that challenge to drive people to our app, which is really our main place of business, is we actually created, um, at the time it was free and currently it's subscriber only 
only, um, we created a free issue for that period of time and we updated it every day. And there was like, because I said it was kind of a bit of like an Olympics theme. So we gave like a gold, silver and bronze medalist because everyone created their things and then created their recipe and then shared photos of it online. Mm -hmm. Um, So we would pick like a gold, silver and bronze medalist for the day and give them, you know, free subscriptions and things like that. Um, So we had that, that's the way we kind of drove people to the app. Um, But we'd, you know, love to give your community um, a bit of a subscriber view of that. So if you go to thefourblades.com forward slash pat, we'll just make sure we can kind of hook up all the podcast listeners with, you know, a free subscription to make sure that they can go in and see what we've done. And and obviously they're always willing to, you know, we're always willing to answer any questions. So if they want to reach out to us, they're more than welcome to and yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Um, so the four blades, and that's with the number four, right? The four right. blades dot com slash yeah. pat. Pat. Yeah. No, no AU in there, right? No, no, no AU. Okay. Cool. Um, let's talk about the podcast. So a lot of listeners have a podcast, or they're going to start one, or we're very interested in starting one. Um, you had stopped at episode one fifty. I'd love to get into like why you decided to put a stop to it. Um, and kind of what the plans are moving forward. So, uh, Joe, if you wanted to speak on that, that'd be awesome to kind of just, because I, I was curious about it too. Like, why why put an end to it if it's working out so well for you? Yeah, sure. So, I think it's something that's really important to think about and something that uh, isn't really spoken about or thought about uh, very much is what is the goal and what is the end point for 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 a podcast or anything like that that you that you're putting through it like even if you don't stick to it it's it's good to have a plan we didn't but um <laughs> but it's um it's one of those things like i'm sure everybody's had a podcast that they loved and they listened to it and then one day it just disappeared like it just fizzled out of nowhere and that's something that we really didn't want to happen for us um <clears throat> One of the reasons well the biggest reason why we did end at 150 is that it was just really a lot of work. So um, because it was effectively a cooking show as a on uh, as an audio format, we would cook three uh, at least three recipes every week uh, to test them to make sure that they worked because we didn't want to recommend something that we knew didn't like that we didn't know worked really well um so we would test everything so which which would mean that it would be three recipes if they all worked first go and the reason why we have a magazine that's successful and all that sort of stuff is because there are so many things that don't work on the internet as far as cooking goes Mm -hmm. so um we would test three and of those maybe one would work so we'd have to find another two sometimes we'd have to come up with a whole new theme um and then i was still editing every week i would be editing the podcast going i really need to find somebody else to edit <laughs> for 150 episodes yeah. <laughs> so it was just um yeah just a lot of work so um we thought you know what we will put an end date to it um wrap it up in a bow and um and find the best way to move forward with that so we didn't say that we're going to stop doing the podcast forever but just find a find the best way to engage with our audience moving forward yeah, I like that a lot. It's really hard to make that decision sometimes, especially something like that that is working. But I also know that by doing that, you're opening up so much time for you to focus on a lot of the next steps. And, you know, what got you here won't get you there. And I love that you've kind of wrapped everything up in a bow. Tell me about 
you know, the download numbers since actually just stopping. It's been a couple months now since the last episode. Are you still getting download numbers? Does it still seem to be oh, actually helping out? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and within the thousands per month still, you know, like, so we, um, I checked last month. So I think, um, well, obviously this is coming out kind of in October, but so we finished in June mm-hmm. and in, and so we finished early June and in July, we still kind of had, um, by the end of July, we had three to 4,000 downloads of, um, of the podcast. Uh, and obviously we hadn't put out any new content. So it's not, they're not, and I'd, I'd encourage people not to get too wrapped up in numbers of podcast downloads, especially if you've niched down, like you're not going to get like millions of downloads when you're a cooking, sh- like a Thermomix cooking show. Um, but, but you're like, it's, it's those core fans that, you know, as you know, Pat, like with her podcast, you're in somebody's ear hole. So like, it's, it's quite intimate and people feel like they really know you. So yep. that kind of connection, you can't beat it. So it's, um it's, I'm still a massive advocate for podcasts. I think they're, I think they're such a great medium. Um, and especially when you can use them well to build that connection with your audience. So don't get too hooked up on the, on the numbers. Um, sometimes having that, that small group of committed fans is the best thing for you. Yeah. I love that. Now, besides the podcast, are there any other traffic generation strategies that you've used? Now, you obviously said the challenge earlier too, but are you doing anything else like social media wise or using any any other tools or strategies to help your uh, audience grow? Uh, well, we have, I mean, look, because of, I've got to say that I am not someone who loves being on social media, <laughs> um, but so kind of my workaround with that is that I kind of used Edgar to break down into our podcast um, recipes, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, and I had different, I have like different categories. So magazine, podcast, um, recipes, and just kind of miscellaneous and um, in Edgar and kind of created an Edgar strategy because obviously we have more content than you can poke a stick at with all the recipes that we've put up for the podcasts and then 150, um, you know, episodes of the podcast. So that's what we're doing at the moment and that kind of, um, you know, then drives traffic to the blog as well. Um, And obviously we've been around now for quite a while. So, um, and I guess also email, you know, we have we have a, a pretty strong email list. And also Beck's doing this cool thing on Facebook Live at the moment where she just gets people to she just goes live and says, Okay, what are you what are you your allergies and what have you got in the fridge and I'll find a recipe for you. Yeah, oh, so no like way. I give I give like personal re- – so basically I say, you know, that to grow your kitchen confidence, uh, you should try one new recipe a week, something you haven't tried before to grow your repertoire, try new things. Um, and so I, I've done it like a couple of times now where I've gone online I've and people have given me their scenario. So how many people they're cooking for, if there's any things that they like, any kind of aversions, anything that they're intolerant to, any, mm-hmm. you know, and then I'll personally come up with a recipe for them to try in the next week that's cool so you yeah. h- how do you how do you th- that's a scary thing to do but obviously very cool because if you can pull it off it's like super impressive shares authority and it just shows that you're there for your community too i think a lot of people that's what live is great for it's like showing how well you do with ad lib or you know just right there in the moment um h- how do you do that well Look, I th- I think you've got a talent for it. To be fair, like cause I, I, I'm often in, off the side, just answering comments, just going, I have no idea. <laughs> um, I think because I um, 
you know, I know the magazine recipes really well because of the editing process uh-huh. uh, and the recipe testing process. And I know the feedback that we get from the recipe testers and I think about that person. And also, I suppose, um, you know, in my role as an osteopath with my patients, you know, I'm looking, you know, in terms of whether it be exercises that they do or kind of habit tweaks to improve their mobility, um, you know, recognising where people are at and then helping them make a small change to move them in the direction that they're trying to go. Yeah, I like that. It's it's similar to like when I go live and I do site reviews or reviews of like people's products and, and stuff. Um, I don't know how I do it. I just do it because it's just the life I'm involved with right now. That's like, that's just, I'm immersed in that stuff just like you are too. So, you know, the recommendation for everybody listening out there is if you want to try that, do it. It's not going to be easy at first, but it can really benefit you and your community at the same time um, to challenge yourself to do something like that. And um, so I don't, I don't know what that might be for individual listeners out there, but we can we can brainstorm if you have questions about that. I think it's a it's a really cool thing because it can help you uh, elevate in the niche uh, quite quickly when you can do that on the fly. Um, and it just shows that you're there for your community, too. So I, I, I love that. Absolutely. And I think it's probably what you find yourself giving advice on most of the time anyway. You know what I mean? Like, so if you find yourself always, um, you know, critiquing someone's website or giving marketing advice or, you know, offering recipes for things or exercises and stretches, that's probably it. You know, if, if you find yourself to be able to do that on the cuff in person, usually you're probably going to be okay live as well. Yeah. No, I love that. Any, um, let's, let, let's do uh, one final tip from each of you, uh, Beck, we'll start with you, but for the listeners out there who are at that stage where they're just kind of getting started and they're maybe kind of just getting into a niche finally, um, and they're looking to just get to that point, like where you guys are at, where you can live that lifestyle you want. I mean, any words of encouragement or motivation for, for them in their start? Well, I suppose, you know, just acknowledging that. Like I think it's such a journey and so uh, like so I'm one of seven kids and I've got six brothers and sisters obviously um, that a lot of them have their own business and so you know I've got a brother who has a like a 25 year old business okay and um, and is and and you know is doing really well um, I you know we've got a business that's now you know, kind of all the magazines like three years old I've got a brother who has a business who's around the 15 year mark and I think it's important to know that like uh it just changes so it's not so much that you go like you you kind of might overcome a challenge that you might like have in the first six months uh but then you know there's a different set of challenges at 18 months or like Pat uh, does that kind of relate to your business Pat like so you know maybe you've got some challenges now um or things that you're working on things that you're trying to improve for your community and they're different to the challenges or things you were working on at the 12 month mark you know but they're still growing and so like because people Mm-hmm. might look at you and go, oh, Pat has got it sorted. Nope, but definitely I think not. <laughs> um, but I think it's good I think it's good to recognize and go, hey, yeah, like there are, there are businesses like my brother's who's, you know, 25 years, years old and is doing really well and making a really big difference in the community and yet there's still challenges in that business that are very different to the challenges we're facing at three years. So I think it's just kind of good for the people starting out not to kind of go, oh, like I'm never going to get there because kind of you never do really get there. Like it's just it's just changes. Yeah, it's almost like like it's it's almost like similar to like building muscle, right? Getting stronger. You got to break those muscles down and you're going to have to go through those challenges in your business, in your life to get through all that stuff. 
Uh, as my buddy John Lee Dumas once said, you know, every master starts as a disaster, but every master <laughs> goes through more disasters to, you know, totally. continue to grow. And so, yeah, thank you uh, for that, Beck. I appreciate that. Um, Joe, any final words of, of uh, advice from you? I think I'd probably say like what I've one of the the key things I've learned from you, Pat, and I think what makes you a really great teacher is if you go back and I'd encourage people to like way back to the start of your podcast or um, all sorts of things that you've done, you can see that you're really an open learner as well, and that that's that commitment to always like being better and then finishing something and going, how can I do that better next time? Uh, which I can see that you do with your speaking, with your podcasts, with your interviewing, everything like that is what makes the difference long term. So, it's just those incremental improvements over a long period of time, which lets you become better, like it lets you master something. And, and it is those things that you, that end up being what you're good at in the long run, you know, yeah, like, so yeah. that's, it's not where, where, you know, we've got a digital magazine about cooking, but what we're good at now is digital publishing, creating communities, communication, you know, all of the, and technology around that and the technology that goes around that. So it's, it's not the thing. It's the, the things you do to make the thing <laughs> that yeah. matters. Yeah. And sure. I, so I think kind of like the key tip at the base of that is, you know, for someone just starting out is just to start. Like, you know, if you have a Facebook Live where, you know, you've got two people that are viewing you, it's not going to make or break your career. Like, but from that you'll go, what didn't work about that? You know. Uh, Every, everyone starts at zero. Exactly. Like, you know, in terms of what Joe said about the the style of always learning. Okay, like that Facebook Live didn't go so well. Um, I'm going to listen to a podcast about that. Or, you know, um, what do you call it? A Pat, you do your like just-in-time learning. So, like maybe yep. you've, um, you know, go, oh, where's that stuff that I've been, you know, I've been keeping for Facebook Live? I'm really going to invest some time this week and I'm going to make some tweaks to my style. And so you just start where you start. And if it doesn't work, like, then you go, okay, well, that, that, that wasn't great. So I'm going to try something different. I love that. Thank you so much. And I think the one question that some people might have before I let you go would be, um, would you share any tools that you have for how one might be able to get started or any resources perhaps on creating their own kind of digital magazines? I don't know if uh, there are any that are available that you could share with the community. Well, um, had I've done a lot of work around this, uh, all the off-the-shelf stuff isn't great. Um, like there's, there's probably the the best one if you're looking to, you know, just get something off the shelf would be Maz M A Z, but that's quite expensive, mm-hmm. or Jumag, which is J O O M A G. Um, but what I've learned and and going through app building process and all that sort of stuff um, is that apps are really tricky and it's a bit of the wild wild west at the moment like there's all these different coding languages for apps um and this is coming from someone who's not a coder so i'm sure there's coders out there going oh my god joe you've got to use swift that's the that's the go that's the gold standard but it is changing all the time so what i find has a standard is web so creating um you know so it's good old WordPress for me. Like an HTML5 is the um is still still the gold standard, and you can create that so that it's very mobile friendly. And then there are to, there are um, coding languages like Xamarin, uh, which you can wrap a um, 
a really good WordPress, a really good website that's mobile friendly up and turn that into an app. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's X-A-M-I-R-I-N, I think, Xamarin. Um, so, yeah, I, I would be, I would still be erring on the side of web rather than apps is probably my... As, as a starting place. As a starting place, it's especially for budgetary stuff as well, because it's so expensive um, to go down the app Um the app road. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another company called App Match as well, um, which is quite good. Jared over there. If you've got the website, he can help you do the um, wrap it up into Xamarin too. Yeah, Jared was featured on the uh, SPA podcast a while back. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he said so. so they they're great too, and they do some they do some good work as well. So yeah, that's probably the only like they're not you know the cool you know here's the uh, here's the tool to to do it really easily because it just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I think. Uh, just want to make sure I got that in because I think people were going to begin to ask. So thank you so much, uh, Beck and Joe, for being here. The fourblades.com slash Pat. That's where you're going to go. Um, and just I appreciate you so much. It was just such a pleasure to meet you not too long ago and now to have a chance to speak to you even more and learn more about your story and get inspired by it. Just thank you uh, both so much. I appreciate you. Oh, thank, oh, thank you. you. The pleasure's ours, Pat. <laughs> All right. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks, Pat. All right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Rebecca and Joe from thefourblades.com. Actually, if you wanted to go and check to see their latest and you know them knowing that you guys are going to go check them out uh, and they want to show you what matters to you, head on over to thefourblades.com slash pat, like they said, thefourblades.com slash pat. And um, yeah, check it out. Also, if you want to get the links and all the resources mentioned in this episode, just head on over to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 288. And uh, you can take it from there to get all the links. And then finally, just a big thank you once again to Rebecca and Joe Winston uh, from the fourblades.com for just taking action, like I said, but also just being so supportive of SPI and the brand. And I hope those of you who are coming into the brand for the first time, hearing me, not really knowing what to do, you know, hopefully you're getting inspiration from uh, Rebecca and Joe and a number of other interviews that are there in the archive for you to just walk you through the process of what it's like to get started, to put something up there, and to get results. And like they were saying, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. It takes error, trial and error. Um, but you got to get, you, you got to keep getting up once you get um, to that point where you feel like you can't go anymore. Just keep going. Persistence is the key. And so that's my final word for you today. Thank you so much. I look forward to serving you in next week's episode. And um, yeah, we're closing in on the end of October. And finally, uh, if you haven't already done so, you can check out the Build Your Own Brand 5-Day Challenge. Many people are going through it right now, but you can check it out and begin your 5-Day Challenge to finally get your website up and running with an email service provider connected to it. Just check it out over at smartpassiveincome.com slash BYOB, and uh, you can you can go from there. So awesome. Thanks so much, and uh, I'll see you next week. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. 
And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray. And in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.